Hi, I'm Kate. Hi, I'm Usma, and we are two moms out to save the world. My friend Kate is a passionate woman teaching women about sovereignty. And my friend Uzma is passionate about how to survive as a mom after the kids have grown and flown. Together, we want to break societal norms and bring a new perspective to life and the world around us. Join us as we create an alternate perspective for a richer life and better relations. We are two two moms moms out out to save the world. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so this is our first podcast, Kate. It, it is our first podcast. I know I've been looking forward to this day for so long, but, but just to get set up, take, it takes so much more than, than you think, you know, you just want to jump into it and be like, all right, let's go. Exactly. And even though like I always am live today, I kind of feel nervous with this first podcast. I'm so, I, I don't mind it, but I just kind of feel like nervous. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I, I think you and I, like when, when we're not recording stuff and we're just kind of um, riffing, I guess is the right word. It's so easy, but, but knowing that people are going to listen to it, you're like, ah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what's going on with you? How was your morning? Uh, my morning was good. I did have to take the, uh, the 17 year old to the dentist, but I swear to God, they were like, we will have this done in 30 minutes. And we got there at 10 at 10 29, we were walking out the door. So I was thrilled. Yeah. How about awesome. you? Well, I, my morning's been pretty good. I've been excited about the podcast. So really haven't done anything else because I've just been focusing on coming and doing this because I'm so excited about it. But yesterday I had like the worst day. Oh, yesterday, no. Yes. Yeah, like I was doing all my work that I do and I had some rice with butter. I didn't have any breakfast or anything. I was like, let me just have some rice with butter, a little bit of pepper on that. And then I felt something stuck here and I couldn't breathe and I was gasping and I tried drinking water and it was spitting out because I couldn't swallow it. And oh. so, yes, I couldn't breathe. I called my husband three times. He didn't answer. I called my son who works down the street. He didn't answer. I called my daughter in California. She didn't answer. And so after 20 minutes, I couldn't breathe. And I was walking around. I didn't know what to do. So I called 911. Oh, no way. Okay. So I have this problem too. So yeah, this happens yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. So I called call me. I know what to do. And I called my do- my other daughter who lives in California and I'm crying and she's like, what's wrong? And I couldn't breathe or gas, but it was really stuck here. Yep. So then the paramedics, by the time they came, I was like, I was, I would have been dead. And I was thinking, is this the way I'm going to die? I thought I was going to die from COVID, but I'm going to die from choking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, so you're not choking. Like you can still breathe because it's stuck in your esophagus. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <gasps> but I could yeah. still breathe, but I think I was starting to panic. That's exactly know? right. Right. And so then the paramedics came and it went down by the time they came. They're like, you look fine. You're not gasping. It wasn't an allergy. I'm like, well, thank you for coming. And they're like, if you need anything else, let me know. And I asked my husband, did I do the right thing? And he said, if there's ever a time where you cannot breathe, that's when you should call 911. Don't take a chance. Because I was walking around, jumping, thinking maybe it'll fall down. But I was just stuck. So next time, put your hands up. That sometimes helps. And then do your yoga, do um, your twists, and that'll help massage your esophagus to get it out. This has happened to me. I'm much more careful now, but this used to happen to me all the time, like shrimp and beef. I don't eat beef anymore, but they would get stuck. Like sometimes I, when I'm drinking water, I feel um, like a thing of water gets stuck in my throat for a couple of seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. My sister's got it too. It sucks. 
So the rule is call 911 if you feel like you can't breathe. Yeah. And and at first I thought like, oh my God, I can't breathe. But then I'm like, wait a minute, but I can breathe. It's just, I, 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 was, I was just in a panic. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to die right here. And nobody's with me to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So um, my sister has this too. Somebody in my family has this and apparently like, like it's spasms in your esophagus and you can get your esophagus muscles stretched. Oh, they go down. Yeah. So, which I'm not, that sounds horrible to me. So I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, I asked my husband about that. Cause he's a GI. I'm like, your wife has this problem. You're not answering the phone. What kind of husband are you? You know, this is your territory. I wouldn't have to call 911. You know, if you had just picked up the phone. Exactly, exactly. But he was just like, I never had my phone with me. I'm like, what if something happens to me? <laughs> I can call my daughter in California and she can't even come, you know? Yeah. So, oh, that's that's so horrible. I, I've had that last for just hours before. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. After yeah. 20 minutes, I called 911 because I was I think I was having a panic attack and with menopause and anxiety. It just I think just flared up. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to die. But anyway, so that's my story. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, right. And so our our uh, our topic today is societal norms. Right. Which is in the title of our podcast or the like subtitle of our podcast, because societal norms, I feel, is what just F everybody up right it's it's what makes us tell our kids um no you can't be a farmer that's stupid you need to go to college and become a doctor or a lawyer or some shit like that right yeah exactly i was talking to my son i told him we were going to do this podcast he's like oh my gosh that is such a good podcast because he's like so many parents screw up their kids and just because of that reason <laughs> he's like <laughs> He's like, more parents need to know about that because what we do is we compare and we worry about what other people are thinking rather yeah. than worrying about, you know, what is good for our kids and what is good for our family, because we know how our kids are and what is good for them, but we still tend to worry about what other people think. Yeah, we do worry about what other people think because I have been in situations when I have been judged by other people, right? Like, you know, a neighbor making a snide comment or, oh my gosh, um, my daughter, I remember when she was in, was she in middle school or the end of elementary? I think the end of elementary school and she was in some like play or um um, it was a talent show. And one of the neighbors like made a point to tell me, oh, don't worry. I, I combed your kid's hair. And like, I remember I was at work, so I couldn't be there. And I don't really care if Sydney wanted her hair to look perfect. She just was never that kind of kid. Right. Um, and I felt so small. I was like, um, did you ask my kid that you could touch her before you touch, you know, I, I felt just kind of violated as, as a mom and um, yeah. And I, I think we, we just kind of brush that stuff off sometimes, but it stuck with me for so long. So it definitely, it bothers me. And um, yet just leave, leave that kid's hair alone. It'll be fine. Exactly, exactly. And those things just stick with you. And I think that they become limited beliefs. And as you get older, you yourself start judging, you know, other people because these incidents uh, form the way you are. Like, yeah. you know, when your kids are little and some, and you know your kid will only stop crying if you give them a lollipop. 
But somebody's like, don't give them candy, give them this instead. And your kids keeps on crying, right? We do things that other people say. So we are part of society. Yeah. You know, we don't listen to our own inner gut. Right. Well, you know why that is? Why? I've talked about this a lot. I I was talking about this with um, a client of mine um, because of our survival instincts, right? If we feel like we are not part of the community, if we do things that are against the community, we have this like innate um, fear of being thrown out of the community. And like way back when that would have been a death sentence for you. So it's just this old programming that we have, right? Um, and I know in this, in this podcast, we, we have four things we're going to talk about, right? We're going to talk about following your heart, right? Trusting your gut, doing what you know is right. Stop comparing yourself to others, gratitude, and stop feeling guilty for everything you've ever done. Um, but I think it's important to understand that, you know, why do we do this? Why do we talk about these things? Why do people tell you to use positive affirmations and stuff like that is because our brain is wired um, in like a Neanderthal kind of way. Like we're still operating on software that should have been updated God, hundreds of years ago, but it, yes. it hasn't been. So we've got to up, up, update it ourselves. Awesome. So let's talk about following your heart. Yeah, go. Yeah, do what you think is best and not what other people think you should do. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? I think um, I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. But society has um, dictated we do something else, right? So where do we find the strength to, to follow your heart and to do what you want to do? I think that's the important question. What do you think? I think that as you get older you from your life experience of becoming more um, mature, you also start realizing that you want to do what you want to do and you don't care what other people say. But I think it's really hard because when you have a group where you have friends for such a long time and you start stating your opinions or saying how you feel or something isn't right, then other people don't like that because other people don't like change. And when you start growing and you start changing, sometimes you have to rethink your support group also. Uh, And it's okay, right? It's yeah. okay to change your support group because I always say like when you lose a friend or you get disconnected, those friends were meant to be in your life. So you could grow and have those experiences, but like, you know, leaves fall off a tree. You have to leave people and regrow yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's absolutely true. And it's painful, but if it's not good for you, just stop. Right. Yeah. Um, And we, we all just need to be, so we talk about sovereignty, right? Like I love to talk about sovereignty and, and I, I think this following your heart is part of sovereignty, right? You are in charge of you. Nobody else is. You are in charge of you. You make the decisions for you. You, you can um, dictate the thoughts in your head. Like, you know, so being able to follow your heart, you, you really have to lean into that sovereignty, that that taking responsibility for yourself to know what's right for you. Exactly. But you know what? So many moms, you know, even myself when I was younger, I knew who I was, but I let other people dictate who I was. I believe what they said. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you cook a pie and you know you make the best pie and somebody eats it and says, this is not good. You're not that great of a pie person. All of a sudden, you know you made this great pie, but then because somebody said it wasn't good, you're like, oh, I'm not a good pie maker. Right. So you just start believing what other people say rather than knowing who you are. 
And once you really are just like, this is who I am and this is what I believe in, then I think you start following your heart slowly. Yeah. And being able to tell that pie, that person that didn't like your pie to, uh, <laughs> yeah. don't eat my pie anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm the best pie maker in town. You know what I mean? We have yes. to stand up for ourselves and that's what we don't do. Yes. And we let other people tell us who we are, but nobody knows who you are, but you. That's right. That's right. And you are you because you're a big um, you're, you're supposed to be here, right? Like people ask me all the time, am I on the right path? I'm like, I don't know. Does it feel good to you where you are? If, if it doesn't, then, you know, it's time to change direction, but you're always on the right path because we, we are responsible for ourselves and we make our own decisions. So, um, maybe you need to change your path. You're always on the right path. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. It also brings me to the topic of stop comparing yourself to others also, because in social norms, that's what we do. We just constantly look at other people, but we don't see what we have. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, um, so I grew up in Maryland. I lived there for most of my life and then we moved to San Diego and, and I was, you know, I miss my family and friends and, and that type of thing in Maryland. Um, I do not miss San Diego, but the one thing I have to say about living in Colorado is like, people are more concerned about, you know, how many ski days I can get in. Can I afford a mountain bike, a new mountain bike instead of upgrading my kitchen? So it's just a much different way of living here. And, and I've, I've really grown accustomed to that. But it, it is like we're always comparing, look, look, the neighbor's driving a new car, right? Or or this or that is going on. And we do compare ourselves and we feel maybe sometimes a little less because we don't do or have the same things. Um, yeah. What do you think? What's well, your you know, experience? I always, you know, talk to my kids, you know, because I'm always like, I don't want my kids ever to be jealous or compare or anything like that. I'm always like, you know, if you have a friend who has a big home, go and enjoy that home with them. Don't be like, how come I don't have this big home? Because you have two parents. Maybe that friend of yours has parents who are not together or one parent who's alive and one. So everything is not always greener on the other side. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing. And what I've also learned is like, if you're in a society from when you're very young, you just go with the social norms and you just go that way. But like you moved and you're older now and I moved when I'm older. So I'm not really sucked into societal norms. Yeah. Because I've already been there as I was young, doing what all the other moms did, sending to private school, doing the drive, doing all those after school activities. And then when I moved out of that community, when I was older, I can look back and be like, okay, I was really sucked into that. So I think yeah. it also depends on where you live and what type and um, your age also. I really think age plays a big factor in societal norms. Yeah. At some point you're just like, yeah, I just don't care about that anymore. I've got bigger things, but also, you know, when you are a mom, when you've got little people like following you around, like you're dropping them off at school, you're doing play dates. So you're so much more in front of those people and more aware of what they're doing and what's going on. So I do think, you know, once our kids are older, it, it's kind of a nice um, break from that, right? Like now, you know, because a lot of that, you would make a play date with the kid that your 
kid was friends with, but maybe you didn't really like the parents or get along with them or have the same values, but you're kind of stuck and hanging out with them while your kids were having this play date. So now we get to choose more of what we um, associate ourselves with. Exactly. And I just read a quote that said, you can't change your past, but you, you do, but you can't change your future. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if in the past you were going with societal norms and, you know, you wish you could get out of it, you can change that now in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that I I think when I went through my midlife crisis, the one thing that really came up for me was um, I felt like I was stuck, like like I was in this vacuum that I was never going to get out of, like the way life was that one day was just going to be that way forever. So I don't know if anyone else out there has ever felt like that, but um, I've com- I've been able to move out of it. And, and now I'm like super excited for what my life is going to look like for the rest of it. Yeah. And I think that I um, figured out my non-comparing and became more concerned about myself and my life rather than everybody else judging and people pleasing was when I moved to Dubai because yeah, I was there for two and a half years and I've always grown up in my town. I went to school there. I went to high school there. I went to college there. My kids went to high school there. I mean, I knew everybody. So I was already in this bubble of what Mm -hmm. everybody else was doing, you know, comparing and judgment. And the minute I left my bubble to go to another country, another place, I was able to look down and really change my thoughts and see how much I was sucked in. Yeah. That's when I grew and was just like, no, this is not what I wanted. But because my parents raised me there and they had their friends and I had my friends, my kids had their friends. It was just this, and it was just eye-opening to just go somewhere else and not know anyone, not have to listen to anyone and not do what everybody else was doing. Yeah. So that's super cool. So that a thought comes into my head about that is, um, you know, the, the symbolism of a hawk is to be able to see things from a higher perspective, right? Um, so that's what you were able to do by going to Dubai. You really could see things from a much higher perspective, um, so that's really cool that you had that opportunity and that experience. I, I, I think travel is a gateway to new perspective for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I've had people say to me that I look different and I act different since I have, since I left the country and came back. Yeah. I've had people be like, I want some of what you're having because they're still in that bubble and they can't leave. Cause their perspective. Yeah. Cause everybody's stuck, right? Like everybody's stuck yes. um, and it takes a lot of guts to move out of it, to realize, wait, maybe the way that all of us are thinking and living, living in the same bubble all the time, isn't really how life is supposed to be or needs to be or. Yeah. And I am really, really grateful for the move that I was able to do that. And I have that higher expertise perspective, which brings me to gratitude. I was going to say that's a great segue into gratitude and why. So tell me why you think gratitude is important. I think it's important because I think it makes you more appreciative of your life and everything that you have, because so many times we look at what we don't have 
or, you know, what other people have. Again, the social norm, comparison. So we're never really happy in what we do have. And if you say what you're grateful for and you really believe it and you say it often, then it changes your mindset from negativity to positivity. It changes yeah. the way you feel. It raises your vibrations. And the way you are around other people and your energy just starts to flow. So other people feel that. You feel that. And you're satisfied. Because that's what you want to be in life, content, joyful, satisfied, and feel yeah. peace. And if you don't have gratitude, then you're always looking for the next sparkly thing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's, I, I, I think that's a great way to describe it. You're looking for that next sparkly thing. You're, you're like, oh, maybe I need to move. Like you want to make all these changes yeah. because you haven't really sat down to say, well, wait a minute, I have a lot of things that I need to be grateful for already. And quite frankly, I truly believe, you know, I, I believe the whole thing about your energy. Gratitude is a very high frequency um, exercise to do. And, um, and it does help change that um, programming that we were talking about earlier right? Like we get in these, we, we have those, those connectors in our brain, those neuropathways. And when you're negative all the time, they, they just get deeper and deeper. So changing your mindset and turning to gratitude helps create new pathways. That's also why I know, you know, you and I both have a morning um, routine or ritual, right? Because we want to change those pathways in our mind. We want new programming. We don't want to live in the old programming. So yeah, that's why I think gratitude is so important. Yes. And, and morning routines, like you said, is so amazing for structure, for setting up your day for success. Because if you yeah. have a good morning routine and you're grateful, then you know what your day is going to be like. You don't let other outside things come in your head. Because if you're scrambling in the morning, what other people say, what the energy is, is all going to be pouncing on you. But if you have a nice structure in the morning, your day goes by so much nicer. It's, and it, it does. Yeah. You're not letting other people or negative thoughts come in your head because you're focused. Right. And maybe you set the intention that morning that you weren't going to have negative thoughts in your head, right? Exactly. Like just set the morning routine helps give you intention for the day too. Um, yeah, no, I love, I love my morning routine. <laughs> no, because so many moms feel overwhelmed. Yeah. And do you have a morning routine or do you have a gratitude journal or any gratitude practice? They're like, no. And I'm like, that's the key. Once you have that structure, everything won't feel so overwhelming. But let me ask you a question with your clients um, and starting to, you know, tell them to, hey, maybe you need to, well, not maybe, you abso absolutely need to start gratitude journaling. Um, I, I get pushback on that. And, and I know when I first tried this, I was in just such a negative space that I was like, what do I have to be grateful for, right? And it could be as easy as, um, you know, I have a warm bed to sleep in you know, I have a hot coffee in the morning, right? Just starting with those basic things. But do you feel like you get pushback sometimes? Oh, yeah. A lot of moms feel resistance because it's very hard to get what you have up here down onto paper. That's the biggest thing. Like they think about it, but when they write it down, it actually becomes a reality. It's a and reality. Yeah. Reality, right? And you have to take action on it. Right. And so people are very scared to get from up here to take action. So I think it's fear that uh -huh. causes not to be able to write and not to be able to do it. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't think of it. Those are excuses. Those are blocks. And you have to figure out why can't you write what you're grateful for? 
Even if right. they, I'm grateful for my house. You know, it's just, but it's very hard for people to really believe what they're saying or what they write down because of fear. Yeah, no, and that's a whole nother podcast yeah. on its own, oh, right? Yeah. We're going to be talking about exactly. fear in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're we're going a little too deep into that. We'll do that on a next another episode. No, this I love that hard. because. I, I think the opposite of what's the opposite of gratitude is, is like scarcity, um, scarcity, lack, which is, is a fear. Yeah. Emotion. I, I usually tell moms, just start brain dumping. You know, if it's really hard for you to say what you're grateful for the first couple of days, just brain dump, just get out whatever's out in there. That way it's down on paper. You've taken it out of your head, the stories, the circles, you've released it and then start them on gratitude. Yeah. You know, and it feels so much better to do that when you can bring like anything that's bothering you, like everything that's bothering you, whatever you're worried about, to be able to put that down on paper. It always makes me feel a little lighter, just in, in, in it's empowering to be able to put that on paper and be like, I'm not going to let it take over in me. Right. Cause it does. And when you can put it down on paper, you take the power back. You've gotten it out of your system and you're like, all right, these, these are my worries. I get it. So some, some of them I can, um, I can deal with. Some of them are completely out of my control. Yeah, exactly. And it's a scary process. It is. Because it's come out that you have been keeping low for a really long time. But I always say, you know what, your journal, your paper, that's what it's for. They're to receive. They don't give back. They don't say anything to you. They don't judge you. They don't compare you. There's no societal norms. They're just there for you to support you. Your oh, I love that. Yeah, it's just there to support you. It's your friend. It's your best friend. And I can't talk back. No, no. Yeah. It's not a Siri. It is not a Siri. <laughs> well, I have Alexa and she, she doesn't talk back to me, but my God, she does not listen to me most of the time. I feel like she's just another you know family member. That, you know, um, men love having Alexa and series because when you're driving in the car with, you know, a partner or something, women are always like, pull over here. Oh, you made a wrong turn. Why did you do that? But like Siri and Alexa are like, you made a wrong turn. Would you please turn around? We would appreciate it if you go in a circle. So they talk back to them so much nicer than yeah. we do. <laughs> oh, that's a really yeah. good point. Exactly. But anyway, you know, I want to talk about guilt and social norms. Oh, God. Yeah. That is a really big thing. So many of us moms have so much guilt. You know, we're, we are so powerful. We're raising kids. Oh, sorry. That's a, we're so powerful. We are raising kids. We are, you know, being the doctor, the lawyer, the driver, everything. We are so powerful, but we always have guilt. We always feel like we're never enough. Yeah. That the next mom is doing better than us. That the next person is, you know, a little bit better than us. Or why aren't we like that other mom? Right. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, guilt. Um, and I know I have dealt with a lot of guilt, you know, um, even. <laughs> OK, so I was on Facebook yesterday and in one of the groups I'm in this this mom was just complaining about how her daughter, who's 18, like treats many other people, you know, most other people better than she treats her. Um, and, you know, the way that she was coming off, I was like, you know, like I can, you can feel that energy, right. That, that kind of like, 
I don't know, angstiness is, is maybe the right word for it. That, and, and I, I wrote to her that, you know, we all damage our kids and we don't know that we've done it. Um, and our kids are reacting to it. And sometimes it's just having a conversation with them and, and letting the guilt go because we have, you know, if we want that relationship with our kids, we have to be able to let that guilt go and say, yeah, I'm sorry. I probably, you know, screwed you up. Every parent screws their kid up somehow. Like, let's be honest. Um, It just is human nature, but being able to have a conversation with your kid and have them say, yeah, like, this is what I'm feeling and not feel guilt about it. Just being grateful that you're able to have that conversation and see their perspective. But we get a lot of guilt as moms because yeah, we're supposed to be everything. And if we're working in our career, we are neglecting our children. If we are neglecting our children, then we're lazy that we are, we don't have a career. Like women have that double-edged sword. Exactly. And I, and I think it's about self-compassion and what you were saying about going to your kid and saying, yes, you know, what is wrong and talking to them. A lot of moms don't do that because of ego. Yeah. Ego comes in the way of everything because you know what, we need to sometimes be the bigger person and we are the parent. You know, we just say, oh, my kid isn't talking to us rather than us going and trying to solve the problem and letting our ego down. We just say, oh, they're not talking to us. I don't have a relationship with them. You know, they come to me. I'm the parent. But, you know, when you let your guard down, you let the ego down, you're always a parent and you're teaching them that it's okay to let the ego go. I, I can also be sorry and I can also be vulnerable. And I think that creates connection as well. A hundred percent. Right. And why did you have kids right? yeah. in the first place? If you're just going to, to ignore your relationship or be like, or whatever, like she, you know, she doesn't like me or, or yeah. Like, why wouldn't you fix that? But because you don't know. Yeah. So, and I know we're, we're talking about, we're talking about guilt, gratitude, comparing and follow your heart. But one thing I, one point I want to get across because I, I felt this, when I was going through all this, like, what the hell is going on in my life? I don't like the direction it's taking. Like so many things I don't like. Um, and then realizing that I only, I had the power to change it, but I didn't know. I didn't know that I, I could, or how to set boundaries. Right. I didn't know that I could push back against societal norms. Like we, I, I guess we're brainwashed to some extent, but so if you don't know, get educated, right. Find, find a podcast that you like and learn or, or, or what have you, but I was 50 years old and I just didn't know a lot of these things that I should have known. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of moms, they just feel so guilty for everything. You know, it's just in our head that we cannot, you know, we haven't fed our kids dinner, you know, one day out of the six days, oh, I'm a bad mom. I didn't feed them dinner or I didn't call my kid to see how they are. And I haven't talked to them in a week. I'm a bad mom. We have guilt for everything. And I have just learned that, you know what, I've done the best that I can. You know, if something, now the kids are adults, my kids are adults, they're grown. Whatever happens, it's their responsibility. Right. I have let them go. I have the connection with them, but I have to let go of the guilt because if you sit in that guilt, then you're never happy and you don't realize how powerful and what an amazing person you are. I mean, you have raised these babies to adults, you know, they're off in the world now. 
that is an amazing thing that you have. Guilt is just a negative feeling that is blocking you from finding your purpose and going forward. That's right. It's, it's a low vibe thing. <laughs> totally. Exactly. And don't let anyone else, you know, like societal norms or anybody else, don't compare yourself with anyone else because your family is different from the next family. That's and, right. You know, if maybe there's a mom who, you know, has great kids in Ivy leagues or, you know, kids who have great jobs, but those kids are probably not really having that relationship that you have with your kids. Right. You know? well, that, that brings up a really interesting point too, right? Like talking about college yeah. um, and, and just like the, the trajectory that our kids are supposed to take um, and feeling guilt if, yeah, they're not in that, you know, big name college or they're not making A's or they got, a, you know, didn't get the best score on their SATs. And, and, and that's where we start with the damage of our kids. Yes. I mean, our job as moms is to love them, raise good human beings that can go out in society. If your child, like you said, is a farmer or a baker or a doctor, whatever it is, our job is to love them and nurture them and guide them. You know, not feel guilty and not make them feel guilty for being, you know, whatever they want to be. I totally agree with you. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, I know that in the community that I have grown up in, everybody has to be a professional. If your kid is not a professional, then, oh my gosh, you know, something is wrong. The mom didn't raise them well, they're not smart and everything else. It goes along with the whole territory if your kids are not professionals. And I'm one of the people who was like, do what you wanna do. And everybody's like, oh, you're just, you know, you were born and raised here and you're just a different type of person. You've always been different this month. And I'm like, why should I force my kids to, you know, go, go and be doctors if they're not even interested in science? Right. You know what I mean? They're going to go and they're going to go be a professional and then they're going to use all that money, all that schooling, and then they're going to go play guitar because that's their interest. A doctor, right. you know what I mean? If, if you raise your kids and don't worry about societal norms, they will be successful, they will be happy, and that's what you want. There's that's so much yeah. mental illness out there. And it's because we don't allow our kids to be happy and we tell them, oh, if you do this, what will that friend say? If you do this, what will that person say? We put all these limited beliefs in them. Yeah. Yeah. We've completely messed them up. (laughs) (laughs) I just want my kids to be happy. And I don't want to feel guilty. And, you know, the guilt comes when your kids are not happy because somebody told me you're only as happy as your happiest kid. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what somebody told me. I like that. And and that sticks in my head. You know, I just want my kids to be happy and to, you know, feel joy and contentment in whatever they they do. Do you find... Go ahead. Do do you find that, like, for the longest time, because both my kids are happy now, because I was just like, F it, whatever you guys want to do, I don't care, I'll just support you. I, I mean, I honestly, like... My, my son's into airsoft. He works at the local airsoft range, but it has um, empowered him to want to go to um, school to become a mechanical engineer because he's like, I want to develop airsoft rifle. Like I want to learn that technology and apply it. Um, but I, I found for a while, like before I was like, yeah, fine, whatever you guys want to do. Like I would have one kid that was happy and one kid that wasn't. 
and they would, they would switch roles all the time. And then the other kid would be happy and the other kid wouldn't. Right now, they're both happy. So you're right. So I'm, I'm pretty happy now. You're content, right? I am. Nothing is really, you know, shifting in you or you don't feel aligned because your kids are happy. My kids are happy. If one isn't happy, then all of a sudden you're just like, oh my gosh, how do I make that person happy? How do I make sure the mental illness is okay? How do I make sure that they're satisfied? You don't even think about yourself. You're constantly wondering how to make that kid happy, whether you need to feed them, whether you need to talk with them, whether you need to spend more time with them. What do I need to do so they're okay? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Right? And so that's mom guilt again. Totally. Totally. <laughs> we feel guilty because our kid isn't happy. What did I do? Was it that conversation I had last night with them? Was it that, you know, thing that I did two months ago and now they're bringing it up? What did I do as a mom? Oh, so I get that. I think we made them unhappy. And we didn't. I get that stuff brought up to me. Remember that time? I'm like, let it go. Yeah, exactly. My kids are like, I didn't ask to be born. Oh, have they said that? all the time i've been asked to be born when i, I say to them and i'm like oh my gosh like really you had born? any control over that soul entering exactly. that right exactly. yeah that's amazing i would say you were lucky to be born in me if you were born to any other parents you wouldn't be you know the way you are now that's right you'd be you that's right, right? that's exactly right yeah, exactly i just turn it around and empower myself i don't let anyone make me feel guilty anymore that's fantastic. Whether it's my husband, whether it's a friend or anyone else. And it took a while. I was going to say, but it, it's taken a long time to get there. I had somebody ask me the other day, like, you know, when, when you were at your lowest point, when you just felt like your world was shattering, like how long did it take you <laughs> to get out of it? And, you know, the, the, it's a really hard question to answer because we, as we grow, we, I don't know that we always recognize it. We definitely don't always celebrate it, but we should all the time. Like, wow, like, look how far I've come. Um, But, but I got to say it was a lot of like trial and error. Um, But consistency is the most important thing. Having that routine, that ritual, that thing that grounds you every freaking day I know when I go on vacation and I don't, you know, do my morning routine, I feel out of sorts, but maybe it's because I drink too much beer too. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, it didn't happen overnight for either of us. It took books. It takes courses. It takes investing in yourself, having a support group. I mean, you know, it took a lot of things to actually come to the point that you and I are at. Because people think it can happen, but if you just sit there and you dwell in it and wonder how am I going to do it, you don't take action, then you're always going to be in that low vibration. That's right. And and then trust, you have to trust that you're going to get there, that you are doing the right things. And that's why it's so, and I know I I don't want to go into this whole, you need to invest in yourself because you absolutely do. That's That's another episode. That's another episode. But that's what's so important is to find like minded people and, um, and make it a priority to interact with these people. And, And most of the time, you know, find people who are where you want to be and ask them how they got there and follow them and um, do what they tell you to do. Exactly. I think the pandemic has really, really, I mean, helped me in a lot of personal growth as well, because we've been at home, I've had people on social media, and I've had more time to 
really think about myself, more meditation, more yoga, more just Agreed. learning. You it know? ended my shit job. So yeah. I was like, all I can do now is focus on myself. Yeah. So I exactly. did. Yeah. So that's been awesome. So anything yeah. else about social norms? Oh, God, just ignore them. Just ignore them. And I brought up the whole farmer thing because when I, I remember I was in, I think it was kin- I was in kindergarten and we were sitting in a circle and our teacher asked all of us like what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I could not wait for her to get to me because I was so excited for my answer. And, um, you know, there were a lot of doctors, lawyers, nurses, teacher, blah, blah, blah. And I, when she came to me, I was like, I'm going to be a farmer. Like I want farm animals. I'm totally going to be a farmer. And everybody, including my teacher laughed at me. Um, so this, this is again, how we screw our kids up because man, I should be sitting on a farm right now. Have you always wanted that? Is that something you've always wanted? You yeah, that's like my dream now. now. I, I want to buy a farmhouse in France and like just go live there with farm animals right outside of a... Okay, so this is crazy. I, I And you and I have talked about this. I want to um, like look into my past lives because I think I used to live in France, <laughs> figure out where that was and go buy a farmhouse there and have farm animals. That's, that's what I think I want to do. That's awesome. So why do you think that you have, did not do that? What was the turn in your thinking and your thoughts that made because you go on the path? At that very moment, I got, I was going to get kicked out of the tribe and I would starve and die. Right. It is that, that programming that no, that's absolutely ridiculous. You can't do that. And um, you know, and that's when your ego takes over to kind of put that mask on of, okay, well, I can never talk about being a farmer again. So like that side of me, I just have to, to bury. Um, That's what happens. Okay. And so now you're ready to bring it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll visit you there. Absolutely. I think I want to have like a little bed and breakfast. Wouldn't it be cool to like so, go to France, stay at my little bed and breakfast. You can get up and help me like feed all the farm animals in the morning. And then you can walk into town or go do your day trip and come back and have, you know, cocktails on the veranda. And yeah, yeah. that's awesome. We'll start manifesting it. I, I, I have been. Your, your youngest one is going off soon, right? Well, he's going to be living at home. Okay. But he is, yeah, he's starting college next semester. So at 17. Okay. Yeah. You can find him a little place and you can go off to France. He can live here. I'll go there. Yeah. That's fine. (laughs) Make your dream come true. I'm working on it. Uzma, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. It is so much fun. I love this. And I think this was such a great episode. And I'm really excited for a second one, which is going to be daily routine. Ah, I call it ritual. (laughs) Ritual. Daily ritual. Yes, because that is going to set our moms up for daily success. There are key tips to help moms um, with their daily routine that everybody should listen to because they helped you, they helped me. And it's just going to be an amazing episode. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I'll talk to you later. Sounds great. Bye. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Two Moms Save the World. Two Moms Save the World.